Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and welcome to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. I'm Dory, and I'm here with a lovely guest up in Vermont, Chad Hollister, who's joining us today. He's going to give us lots of information. So sit tight, my friends, grab your lunch or a tasty beverage, and get ready for 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. As for what I do, I own Rock the Next Stage, which is coaching and mentoring for serious musicians and entrepreneurs. I also own Next Stage Entertainment, which is booking, management, promotion. And then we have Next Stage Drumming, because I'm a drum chick and I love to perform and play and do classes wherever I can. So we're going to be talking about tour tips today, getting endorsements, sponsors, and shows. And our guest today has loads of experience in that area, and he's going to be talking about that soon. But let me tell you a little bit about him. He is a Vermont roots rocker, and he's been touring with his band for the past 20 years. He has opened for Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, and Tom Petty, and he shared the stage with every Fish member. Billy Gibbons, Merle Saunders, Warren Hayes, and he's also worked with Blues Traveler. Chad has been able to fund his tours and gigs with the help of sponsors and endorsements. Pretty sweet, huh? His music is a voice for the positive, which is a great fit for this channel, and for it's what I'm all about as well, positivity. And it reminds you that life is truly a gift, as is the ability to share it through music. Chad has recently signed with San Diego-based Pacific Records, and he's released Stop the World, which features the 10-piece Chad Hollister Band. So we'll be talking about that in a bit as well, but let's make sure Chad's on the line. Chad, are you there? Dory, the drum chick, I am here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome. So glad you could join us, and we need to do a shout-out to Jeff Classic Popka for for recommending you. I know that you've either worked with him. Did you work in any indie fests, perhaps? Uh, you know, we, we've, we're talking you. about it. We're, we're talking about bringing indie fest to Vermont um, or to some uh, sweet place in New England. But uh, he's a wonderful human who is such a great supporter of, uh, of the, the arts and music and festival vibe. And uh, so we have, we have a future together, and um, so I'm excited about that. But, yes, thank you, Jeff. We love that guy. Right. So, you know, that's a great testimony of the fact that we can connect with anybody anywhere, no matter where you are. So I have loads of music connections, some I've met and worked with, and some I haven't. But sometimes you just put the word out there, hey, you know, I need something, and there you go. So <laughs> so it worked out fine today. So great. Now tell us, Chad, how old were you when you discovered your musical talents, and, and how did you get started? Well, I was um... – I was in the second grade at Shelburne Village School in Shelburne, Vermont, and um, I decided to bring my drum, you know, kids would bring in their, uh, you know, I, I don't even know, they would bring in their pet, you know, uh, gerbil or their <laughs> uh, or their big stuffed animal, but um, Chad, I decided to bring in uh, my drum kit, and I turned on, uh, <laughs> I turned on a Kiss song uh, from the record Rock and Roll Over, and played my drums to it, and that was my share in second grade with Mrs. Croto, and 
the the rest is history, really. I, I you're the drum chick. I was a drum dude, um, and I just be you know kind of followed the passion through there. I was a drummer for many many years, moving then from drums uh, to hand percussion and now to guitar. So. Um, it's been a natural transgression, but from a, a young age, I was, it was pretty clear that I had the music in me and that I wanted to deliver it to as many people uh, as wanted to listen to it. Cool. I actually started out in the reverse. My dad, who was a musician and played with a lot of the jazz greats in New York City, I said oh, nice. drums and he handed me a guitar. <laughs> I had to start with this. We lived, we lived in a two-family house, so I can see his point. And I just wanted to play drums, though, and he did have percussion instruments laying around conveniently enough. So that is so funny. You brought yours to school. Sweet. So cool. So then you started, uh, as you got older, I'm sure you were probably in many bands. Yeah, I, um, there were many bands, and I was the drummer in, in a band back in you know middle school into high school. Uh, and then on into college um, was was drums kind of all the way through and singing from behind the kit. I was a huge fan, still I'm a huge fan of Phil Collins and and Don wow. Henley, the, the the drummers from behind the kit and um, mm-hmm. singers from behind the kit. And um, so and then there came a time um, when I realized that I wanted to kind of step out front, step out front from behind my congas, and and um, so I picked up the guitar and um beat the tar out of it uh like a drummer would and and in the beginning found myself breaking a lot of strings um <laughs> that that D and G string would uh would pop on a regular basis and I'd be like gosh what am I doing wrong and then I realized I kind of needed to let the the PA system and let the um you know lay off on the old right hand a little bit and let the guitar and the sound system speak for me instead of uh, still having my rhythmic um, touch on the acoustic on the guitar, um, but not not breaking so many strings. And so then the guitar kind of became my my thing um, from a rhythmic standpoint. And that that was uh, kind of what started. And from there, I chose my favorite musicians in in Vermont, in New England, and put them together to deliver my original music to the world. I think that was another thing that I. Um, focused on from an early time in my career was playing my own music. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I definitely honor the cats that are out there playing cover tunes that don't consider themselves writers. Um, uh, but for me, in order to get to the next place in my career, I wasn't going to do that playing Dave Matthews, Counting Crows and Tom Petty, um, which are, you know, three bands that I love. Um, and I didn't want each show when people would come to hear me play them to come and request the same Dave Matthews, Counting Crows and Tom Petty songs. Mm-hmm. So I realized yeah. that I wanted them to be requesting my songs. So that's what I made it a, a real point to do is to deliver my original music um, with the best musicians around possible. So that's kind of, that was my path. Cool, cool. So now you eventually started opening up for some really big names. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, well, we were lucky. You know, we had um, just we had fans in certain areas um, who who were booking these gigs. I, I still remember getting the call, um, and uh, she uh, was the booking. She was a fan of the band, and she was a booking gal. Her name was Laura, 
and she was the booking gal for the Coral Sky Amphitheater in West Palm Beach, Florida. And she said, you know, I, wa- I was, you know, I love your music, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in opening some shows. And I was like, you know, sure. What do you got? Thinking she was going to say, you know, the Oak Ridge Boys or nothing wrong with the Oak Ridge Boys. I love the Oak Ridge Boys, but she was going to say, uh, you know, who knows what she was going to say. Um, but but uh, and then all of a sudden she comes out with Santana, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan and Paul Simon. And I I was uh, I was flabbergasted. Uh, it it trying to make a choice and I had to choose two of them and um, she sure enough we ended up choosing Bob Dylan Paul Simon and then Tom Petty and it was uh, it was amazing um, so we ended up uh, uh, doing both those shows and and um, and then uh, you know moving on to other stuff as well but the, those were the those were the kind of the big the big nuggets. You know, we've done a lot of a lot of openers throughout the years, from um, opening for Warren Haynes back with the Warren Haynes Band, who of course is he's now with you know has his own project, Government Mule and the Allman Brothers, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, to the Violent Femmes, to good old Eddie Money, um, to uh, got to make some real good noise with uh, Merle Saunders before he passed away from the Jerry Garcia band and um yeah we've just been really lucky I think it, it and one of the messages that I have for you know all you wonderful musicians and uh uh music creators out there is that you know the more that you get yourself out there the more people are going to see you and um if you want to reach people then getting out and playing as much as you possibly can is uh is a good thing so that's kind of what we did and through through that playing and the networking that I do daily, um, these shows were created. So, yeah, that's it. Very cool. Well, yeah, when you get a call like that, you know, I'm sure you say, well, let me check my calendar. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because something like that, a call like that can really launch so many different things. You know, you just don't know. So that is really awesome. Yeah, now, you and I talked about house concerts as well, which is the other extreme, going from big shows to small, intimate settings. And that was actually the topic of last week's podcast with singer-songwriter oh, yeah. Joy Ike from Philly. So I see that you do those as well and fill in your schedule with the house concerts. We care to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. I I love to play the clubs and I love the theaters. But I truly love the intimacy of a house concert where you have a host or a hostess or both um, and who are just true fans of music that don't really feel like um, hitting the bars and dealing with, you know, a lot of times it's late night starts for us, um, not starting till 1030, 1130 midnight, um, and so creating that vibe in your own home with your favorite people, with your friends. And, you you know, obviously people are bringing their own booze. You don't, you're not buying drinks. And, and you're able to spend your money on the artist's merchandise, on the CDs um, and, and the, you know, T-shirts, hats, whatever they've got, um, as well as getting to meet the artist, you know, up close and personal, which a lot of times doesn't happen, you know, bands – We'll head backstage after the show, and you don't get to see them. I mean, we always make it a point to to come out and say hello, and you know, sign sign CD shirts, and and 
see who's in the crowd, you know, friends of friends. I mean, as we travel around the country, around the world, we find the most amazing connections, you know, like Jeff, you know, Jeff Classic, uh, you know, brought brought you my way, and, and that is happening on a weekly basis for us of just people who refer people to us because I think that I think that good people and good music um, are drawn together and when you put those things together I think they create um, just create good vibes all around and that's kind of what we try and do all over the country so that's what's the house concert is is kind of a a catalyst of that Um, because in general people that are throwing house concerts just love music and love to support the arts, which, as we, uh, many of us are aware, our administration at this point in time is having a hard time realizing the importance of the arts. And um, that's how we make our living. So um, in in the house concert, it's it's an amazing, um, amazing venue. You know, and one of my one of my favorites to do. And I think a lot of people, it's great that you're talking about it, Dory, because so many people have no idea that it exists. And and exactly. for those of you who weren't listening last week, a house concert is exactly how it sounds. It is a concert in your home. And sometimes it's you know, for in my example it would be sometimes just me with my guitar, um, with no PA system at all, which is beautiful. And then sometimes it's uh, you know, the six to eight piece band uh, in your backyard for your friends um but it's uh it's an amazing amazing thing that can happen and so many acts you will find prefer those over the clubs when they don't you know you're wondering if people are going to show up you and i also were just chatting yesterday about the difficulty in getting people out these days you know with the the social stuff that's out there you know so many people would rather just sit and watch uh, you two um from live aid in uh you know on their couch um or or a live webcast of uh you know mm-hmm. um you know staying in england i mean it's just it's endless there's such an oversaturation of this stuff that we need to really work harder and harder to a let people know that there's still killer live music and arts going on but then we need to work even harder to get them to come out so that's um you know that's something that i think we're always working on and shows like yours are are awesome i I really appreciate you you know having me on and taking the time to do what you do through rock the next stage um in in helping artists i know and in raleigh you're helping out a lot of the the uh, up-and-coming artists and and you know so many people just don't know how to do it i mean i've just been you know creating my own path for many years and it's uh it's gone well but it's still is, uh you know it's a lot of work um uh, so but well yeah um, and it's funny people don't realize that exactly like you said Chad there are people out there like me and others that are very strong supporters of the arts whenever i hear a band who's really good it's like oh how can i help them you know <laughs> it's just yeah. my nature you know and, but there are other people out there like that so uh, they just have to make sure that they uh, connect. Exactly, and I think that's the thing too. Is that in in the you know years ago there was there was very difficult to connect with a band. I think these these days it is not. I mean, you know, Chad Hollister band. We're on Facebook. Go like us. We just cracked the monster three thousand mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is very very funny. Um, 
but uh, and then and then just through through the web through the web. But you you really can get in touch with the artist. You know, there's not um, there's not this crazy uh, Fort Knox um, element of <laughs> of of the band. And I think you know bands you know like myself. I'll I'll speak for myself, but I know a lot of my friends are huge in connecting with their fans. Good good buddy of mine from Boston, Massachusetts, Adam Adam Ezra who's out there. He's such a road dog. He and I co-wrote a tune on my latest record, Stop the World. Um, and uh, he loves connecting with the fans. And, and, and I think that's, that's these days what so much of it is all about, is, is really connecting with your fans. Um, and, uh, and not just by, you know, posting a blog here and there, but by, yeah. you know, playing in their backyard when you're touring through uh, North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Um, and, uh, and getting to know them because I think that's, that's the way that you make a career in music these days is through truly connecting, uh, with the fans. So, and that's, that's what we, that's what we try and do. Yeah. Yeah. I know that it's, it, people see a lot of the really big shows like the voice and everything. They think, oh, that's the way to do it. But no, not necessarily. There's a lot of people that are doing exactly what you said as a grassroots effort and just organically growing their fan base and moving things along that way. We had young Caroline Dare, country artist, who was talking about how she uses social media to promote her shows and her career. She's almost 15 years old. Oh, she's 16 now. I'll take that back. <laughs> Ripe old age of 16. But we were just talking about how you have to keep working at it and connecting and letting people know that you exist so that you can do like some of these bigger shows. So, Jack, can you tell us about some of your larger concerts? What goes into that? The well, there's so much, and that it does, you know, nice, nice lead-in um, because with our larger concerts, we're <laughs> doing these theaters where, before we even step foot on stage, we'll have between, you know, a couple thousand to five thousand dollars in costs from renting. I like to have control of some of our larger shows, and so in doing so, I will rent the venue. I will hire out my own sound. I will hire out my own lighting director. Um, you know, we have an amazing team that comes along with that, but it comes uh, along with a price. So we will do that and um, and then just uh, really work on promoting the show and work on selling the show out. Um, but we don't – the way that we do it is through, through the sponsorships, which is um, an amazing thing. We have – so many local friends here and, and in your in your neck of the woods to be able to translate that wherever you're listening from is just think of who your fans are and and think of uh, you know f- for example uh you know music and um you know and beer and liquor they go together pretty well so we work a lot with you know bar hill uh, a local spirits maker here in vermont and we work with von trapp brewing um right out of uh stowe vermont um, and then we we work with um, just different companies. You know, my eyeglass company, Optical Expressions, out of Berlin. Um, uh, vocal skis. They often donate. Um, they give a pair of skis to raffle off. Um, Go down guitars. My guitar company that I endorse. They will uh, you know donate a guitar, and then we'll put the proceeds um, of the silent auction of these uh, items to uh, a local cause. Um, and uh, last last year, this past year, it was uh, local foods uh, in the schools, in our kids' schools. Um, so 
the big shows, there is so much that goes into it, but then we also like to be able to give back to the community that we're playing in. And um, so it's a lot of work, but in the end, you know, you're, you really see results. Um, and so that's, uh, it's exciting to be a part of those, those bigger ones, you know. Very cool. Now, for, for those listeners out there who aren't at that space, there's generally two ways to book a show, especially at a large venue. You could either try to jump in on their calendar, and then they'll, they'll put you in. They'll usually give you a bum night because if they don't know you, they're not going to give you the weekend. And it's up to you to, to fill the place. And then, of course, they'll take a percentage off the top of the door sales. Mm-hmm. And... No, they'll take like a, a flat fee usually and then a percentage after that. So you wind up going home with next to nothing right. if you don't bring a lot of people out. So the pressure is on either way. The other extreme is, and I've done the same as Chad has, mostly with I've done some Battle of the Band events, but really legit ones. I mean, seriously, there's a lot of people out there who've done some questionable ones. Nah, I had amazing sponsors with amazing prize packages. Everybody went home with something really awesome. Uh, the first, second, and third place winners got really good stuff, including recording time in the studio. I'll see all the studios in Raleigh here. There's my plug. <laughs> Dick Hodge was on my podcast. So, hey, paint it forward there, Dick. But anyway, yeah, so that's what I did, and that's how I covered my costs. Was I got a lot of sponsors. They got the promotion. They got the advertising. Their their name and, and links to their website was everywhere. So, it was a really win-win thing, but now you added a nice element to give back, to make it a portion of the proceeds goes to charity, and I've, I've done that as well. That's very, very nice. So good for you. That gives it's, people I, an incentive. I, yeah, I think it's important, and I do. I think it, you know, it's it's a great it's great as a marketing tool. Um, just mm-hmm. being completely honest, um, but it's also nice to just give something back to the community that you you live in or that you're traveling through because, you know, a lot of times when you're on tour, you, you go through and, and you play to, you know, 10 to 10 to 50, you know, who knows on a, on a crummy night, you could just be playing to a couple people, you know, cause it's a, it's yeah. a Wednesday and you're in Bozeman, Montana and no one knows who the heck you are. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that when you're, when you're in charge, when you're in control of the larger shows and you're able to, you know, like we know that we're going to sell that show out in January that we do. It's at the Spruce Peak Performing Arts Center at the base of Stone Mountain, and so we know we're going to have a good crowd, and we know we're going to make some money. How many seats are we money, talking so, that you have to fill? Uh, it's 400 and, fill? 420 seats. Oh, that's not bad. So it's okay. a, the state-of-the-art, beautiful theater at the literally at the base of Spruce Mountain at Stowe. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody from... Uh, Boy, uh, Bob Marley, the comedian, to James Taylor opened it up um, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, there's just so many great bands that have come through um, come through and played. Um, and, and there's a real local, you know, I think we've uh, brought a cool encouragement to the local community. The uh, executive director there, his name is Lance Olson, and he's really supportive. I went to him as we were starting these shows four years ago and said, you know, Lance, I, I love your venue, and I'd be happy to open, you know, some shows. And he said, no. He said, you are a headliner, and we need to treat you as such. <laughs> and nice. so I said, you're <laughs> doggone right. So literally, we <laughs> the past four years, we've sold out every show, um, and uh, it's been a huge success. So 
So thanks, Lance. Well, especially. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was just, uh, you know, just thanking Lance for the encouragement, as I as I do quite often. Yeah, and sometimes people need that because they need to know, and I certainly would have said that because, folks, if you haven't checked out the Chad Hollister Band online, I really recommend that you do that. Later we'll play a, a clip to one of the tunes because we're talking horns, strings. I mean, this is a large band <laughs> when you come out with a full band anyway. It's 10-piece, right? Yeah, the full band wow, when probably. you know when we're around and when if people can afford it, you know, honestly, you know, I mean, it's just touring with ten guys, it just doesn't it doesn't happen, yeah. um, you know, unless you're bringing in you know fifty grand a gig. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. we, if you're lucky enough to be in the Northeast, um, you can see the ten piece uh, band as we tour. We will tour as sometimes as the acoustic duo up to you know maybe the five five of us, you know. Um, but uh, gotcha. You know, yeah, get, it is hard to support a lot of people when you when you're traveling. Yeah, touring, touring is almost uh, an anomaly these days, um, and and just because bands go out and lose money, and and you know it are now you know growing up as we say um, with kids and mm-hmm. and uh, and families and homes and and so on. We I just I can't afford to go out and lose money anymore. So it's it's nice which um you know it's great now the i know we were going to get into it too but with the new record deal with pacific um signed with those guys just uh for this uh, starting with this new record stop the world and um they're wonderful um but again they're a small indie label out of san diego and so we we work together to develop a marketing plan um and with my uh wonderful um uh, press um, gentleman Eugene Foley, who I've been with for over 15 years now. Um, thanks, Eugene. He's the man. Um, and yeah, gets me on Eugene and you know, Ace, TV shows. Yeah, the, actually, uh, he connected the, with the you MP3. to send you the music. Well, he and yeah. and Ace Antonio from Pacific. Thank you, Ace and Brian. Uh, they're just they're just great, great, great people. But you know, we work together. You know, it's not that now because you have a record deal now you don't have to do anything. It's almost that you have to do more to hold up your end of the bargain. <laughs> so, because uh, everybody has a mutual goal, and I think that's one of the misnomers about a record deal is that, oh, now you just get to sit back. But it's really the opposite. Now it's like, okay, you yeah, have right. somebody that's helping you, so now you really need to kick it in gear and do your part as well. Um, and uh, so that's that's been in, been great working with them and and Eugene together. You know, it's a it's quite a team that we have. So. Yeah, I love it. Right. And as you, you mentioned, you know, it, it is more difficult when you do have a family. I have a, a lot of older musicians who are, are trying to juggle either family or a day job or whatever, and they say, oh, sure, Thor, you work with a lot of young ones. It's easier for them. But, hey, look at you. You're getting an RV. You're taking the kids on the road. You're, you're going to be homeschooling. So that is awesome. Right. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> That's it, and you you mentioned that we we hadn't you and I spoke of it earlier. But what Dory's talking about is in January um, after our Spruce Peak show, our fifth year, we are my wife uh, Katie and my kids Riley and Bodie. We're getting in in this RV that we just purchased. I'm staring at it. It's uh, in our driveway, <laughs> and we're doing five months across the country. So chances are we will come and and uh, see you and you and you and you wherever you are. Um, we're gonna go. <laughs> beeline it right down to Florida. I think we might have to stop in North Carolina on our way, just saying. I think um, you might have to, yeah. And, and then and then heading across out to California and up up the coast. 
uh, and taking it all taking it all the way back. So uh, we'll be back in Vermont for July. But uh, that's that's going to be an exciting trip. So. That'll be a blast for everybody involved. And a yes. lot of us have, yeah. with musical kids and who are musicians have homeschooled, so if you need any help, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Same with Taylor Mesplay, who was on the show. He's out in uh, both in Colorado, and now he's out in uh, Massachusetts. So, yeah, he did the same thing. It can be done. But, hey, let me uh, jump over to your your tune here. We're going to be playing Eyes. So you can sit back and grab your cup of Joe or whatever you got handy. <coughs> because they're all looking at their phone. And I'll just say, hey, don't I have to go all New Jersey on you here. <laughs> We're working here, so put your phones down. These cats are playing. <laughs> and they're like, what? They're so stunned that this lady actually called them out from the stage. Yes, I did. Exactly. <laughs> we're gonna have to, yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, though. If you could just, it's been a blast. There's so much information. You're going to have to come back because there's so much more we could talk about. I'd love but to. if you have any parting thoughts that you could share with the audience here or any bits of advice, that, that would be great. I think just as advice to you all, for what it's worth, my I call it my one and a half cents, is to do it. You know, if you're debating on playing music, play it. And um, and and do do your thing. Do whatever is in your heart. I think I'm, I'm, I feel so blessed and lucky to do it and raise a family and have, have done it in a creative um, thinking outside the box kind of way. So I think uh, for those of you who are debating, uh, don't debate, um, but just 
think in a, in a creative way how you can do it. Um, and don't always think about money. Um, it's been something that is that I'm getting better at. But uh, think about uh, being creative, but uh, truly getting out there and doing something that you love. And the, anybody can do it. You really can. It's uh, it's definitely um, it my my uh, my small piece of advice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, very very good point. Now, folks, don't forget to. Show Chad some love. Go visit his website, chadmusic.com. He's got his tune, Stop the World. You can find it on iTunes, along with lots more, I'm sure. And, of course, on social media, either Chad Hollister or you can find the Chad Hollister Band. Am I forgetting anything, Chad? No, I, I, I'm uh, Chad Hollister on Instagram and at Chad Hollister on Twitter um, and uh yeah, just uh, and and certainly can always find me through the Pacific Records website as well. But um, ChadMusic.com is the main kind of our main hub where we keep all of our news and where you can contact us to uh, to book a show or bring us to your nook of the woods. We'd love, I would love, or we would love to come uh, come visit you and meet you for sure. So really appreciate the time, Dory. What a, what a great. Uh, uh, what a great thing you've got going on, and and uh, really appreciate you having me on today. Uh, hey, Chad, I appreciate your time, and thanks for for jumping in and sharing all these cool tips. Uh, people have a lot of food for thought. I hope you're all taking notes. <laughs> As for me, I'm in the Raleigh NC area, but you can find me at rockthenextstage.com. You can shoot me an email, Dory D O R I at rockthenextstage.com if you have any questions or if you need anything. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter as Rock the Rock Next Stage on Twitter, but Rock the Next Stage everywhere else. And also Next Stage Entertainment is out there as well. So yeah, let us know. Keep on rocking, doing what you're doing, and you know, you're giving your gift for a reason, folks. So make sure you use it. Till next time, folks. We'll be back with a very inspiring story from a young R&B artist. Ron Anthony. So we'll see you then. Chat again. You have a great day. Take care. Keep on rocking, everybody. Oh, sure.